Welcome to Season 3 of the Financial Fofu Podcast, where we talk all things finance, money and mindset. To find out more about us or to listen to some old episodes, you can visit us on our Instagram or Facebook pages or check out our website. So let's get into it today. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Financial Fofu. We have the amazing Jen from Studio Legal with us today. Welcome, Jen. Hello, ladies. Welcome. (laughs) Great to be here. Jen is a commercial lawyer and an IP specialist. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been um, practicing law for nearly 20 years now. Wow. And yeah, 10 years ago, I founded uh, the law firm called Studio Legal. So we represent uh, creative Australians uh, and we help them run, yeah, amazing businesses. So the types of law that we practice and I practice personally are intellectual property law and commercial law. So yeah, it's really exciting. We have a lot of great clients and industries such as the fashion industry, entertainment, marketing, events, design, arts, publishing, tech, fitness, wellness, the list goes on. So It sounds like uh, a very fun group of clients yeah, to be working with. And it's really inspiring. Um, personally, I, yeah, I'm a bit of a creative myself, so I've also spent um, many years performing as a DJ across Australia. Oh, wow. So, yeah, kind of got a lot of my clients <laughs> through that um creative yep. outlet from the start, yep. uh, made lots of connections and a lot of the people that I met, you know, clubbing, which doesn't sound yep. that yep. like, um, you know, hey, like it would hey. really was. Yeah, make the connections any way you can. Totally. And then. And um, you know what? You hmm. do actually qualify for our pub test test yeah. <laughs> that we talked about a couple of episodes back because you're yes. actually a commercial lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. And like all these people that you meet on the dance floor at 3am are now running amazing businesses and doing exactly. great things and coming out with new ideas. So exactly. um, it's been a really fun progression of, you know, how I've, you know, where I've ended up now today yeah. with this practice and, yeah. And do you have a few lawyers working with you now as well? Yeah, so we've got about, I think, eight or nine lawyers on the team. Oh, nice. Um, with a practice manager as well. So just moved into some new offices in Pran and and we're about to open up in Sydney, but we do look after oh, clients across the country. So yeah. you don't have to be yeah, in those capital cities. But, yeah, so it's great. I love my job. <laughs> yeah, that's how we like it. Passion, commitment, yeah. everything you want from a solicitor, including personality. So you're like the one-stop shop. It's amazing. So today's episode, we're talking about how to protect your IP. And it's something that Trudy and I have sort of touched on a few times over the last three seasons, but we've never actually had a specialist come in and yeah. share their brilliant expertise with our audience. <laughs> um, and we're so excited to have you here because we think it's such an important part of your business foundations Absolutely. and a lot of people don't know a lot about it. They don't know when to do mm. it. They, they don't know how much it costs or what they should do first. And yeah. so what is IP? So I guess, you know, fundamentally intellectual property is just a type of personal property that you can own. It's just like, you know, a car or a house or a drink <laughs> bottle or a phone. It's something that, you know, you create through your um mind essentially and you sort of have an idea and you and you put it into place um and that actually becomes yeah a piece of personal property so it can be sold um and lent to other people just like you know a car can or a house can um you can make money off it um yeah so it's an amazing thing and it there's a, a few different types of ip so 
um, you can refer to IP generally, but then you break it down and it includes things like trademarks, which are, you know, your brand, um, designs, um, patents, copyrights, trade secrets, um, mm. plant breeder rights. There's all these sorts of mm. subsets of IP, but it's a very important um, business uh you know, a thing to be really mindful when you're running a business. Uh, for me, I'm very passionate about IP. I think it's everything in your business. Like if you don't, you don't understand IP and take steps to protect it. I think, you know, you're, you know, you're doing yourself an, an injustice. So, yeah, really You're important. leaving yourself wide open, aren't you? Totally, totally. And, and all that to me. blood, all sweat that and tears. Yeah, Absolutely. that you've gone into building this amazing business. And potentially, if you haven't done the, the smart thing by protecting your IP up front, yep. then mm. it gets a house of cards and can be all pulled out down around you. Totally. It can all pull <laughs> down for sure. And it does. And I see it all the time. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So what are the most important IP assets to create? I mean, how long's a piece of string though, right? Like mm. Exactly. Well, you know, it, th- there's some really critical um pieces of IP that, you know, businesses typically create. So I thought I would sort of explain the main types of IP that you'll see in a business. So trademarks. So trademarks protect things like words, like names, slogans, logos, even things like smells and scents. And the way that you move. Like I know I think some of the big car companies, you know, have their like, you know, their crazy dance Uh, routines, trademarks and things. Oh, what a feeling. That's that's exactly what I'm referring to. Yeah, so trademarks tell customers, um, you know, they give them an indication that um, your business provides certain goods and services so they can identify what your business does and and what what products come from your business. So that's one really important um, IP asset. Secondly, um, copyright. So copyright is a different type of um, IP that protects literary, dramatic, musical and artistic works. So things that businesses create in terms of copyright might be presentations, spreadsheets, advertising material, podcast recordings, photographs, social media content, letters, reports. Even down to the copy that's on their website, right? Absolutely. Blog blog articles. Yeah. Absolutely. Copyright is so broad and it's something that businesses really need to be across. Mm. Uh, Another really important piece of IP, but it's, it's not as common because they're quite hard to obtain, are patents. So patents protect inventions like biases, substances, methods and processes. So patents protect the way something works or functions. So they're quite expensive to get and you have to engage a patent attorney because they're very technical and you have to have very Mm. specific drawings and representations. But, you know, if you're you're working, say, in manufacturing or in tech or in pharmaceuticals, Mm. um, that's you'd be looking to protect your patents and your inventions. And another really important one, which I think crosses over all businesses, is trade secrets. So trade secrets protect confidential information. They're things like, you know, secret formulas or processes or methods. So the Coca-Cola recipe is one of the most famous trade secrets. Um, mm. I don't think anyone knows <laughs> what that is. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not something trade secrets can't be registered as such. They're just something that you need to protect mm. in other ways. And I think we're going to go into that later in this interview. But, yeah, trade secrets are something to be aware of. So they're the four sort of main parts of IP that uh, businesses should be across yeah, and understand. Yeah. And you touched on it then, so let's go into it now. There's, if I remember my studies correct, there's um, IP that you need to apply and get a registration to protect, and then there's IP that's just inherently 
built into those products. So trade secrets, I just inherently has IP and I think copyright is the other one that just you don't actually have to apply. It's just. Yeah. um, She did actually study law. That's that's (laughs) amazing. You remembered all that. (laughs) (laughs) I only just remembered that last year. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that's absolutely right. So every Mm. government um, across the world has like an IP agency that the government runs and, yeah, various registrations go through that agency. So the things in Australia that can be registered, the main things are patents, trademarks, designs as well. That's another one I didn't touch on above. Um, and, yeah, and other things like copyright, you don't have to register. You just instantly get it upon creation. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's an important distinction to have and to know which applies to which so that you know that you're doing the right things to protect Absolutely. It's the dis- different elements of IP that you have. Yeah, and some are really important to register and if you don't, you're really leaving yourself in a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I would think the same thing then applies with trade secrets and confidentiality in employment contracts to make sure that your contracts are written correctly to protect yeah. your IP that may not be registered IP but may be mm-hmm. particular to your business. Oh, I bet Absolutely. the guys at Coca-Cola have a really tight contract <laughs> about uh, exactly. not revealing so, their formulas. Exactly. So you're completely right. So if you can't register a piece of IP, contracts become really important. Hmm. And when you're dealing with other people, maybe when you're like a founder in a business or you're bringing on an investor or, you know, you're employing someone or you're being employed, you need to be thinking about what IP will be, you know, relevant to that relationship and how you're going to protect it and what contract terms apply. And, yeah, contracts become the thing that will protect the IP. Um, Yes. So how can a business then protect its IP? Well, yeah, and, you've, you know, you've raised some really good points already about, you know, um, some pieces of IP can mm. be registered. So I thought I could talk to you about trademarks because mm. trademarks Yes, let's because it's a common question that comes yeah, up. Yeah, it's so, I mean, I'm so passionate about protecting trademarks and mm. how to do that is you register them with the government. So in, in Australia, it's IP Australia, so it's very simple yeah. to remember. Um, and a registered trademark means that you're the legal owner and you have exclusive rights and a monopoly over that brand. Mm. So it's just such a powerful process to go through. And to me, it's quite inexpensive. For example, it might cost two and a half grand to engage a lawyer to receive uh, 10 years of trademark protection in like three different classes of goods and services. So two and a half grand for 10 years of owning your most important asset, that being your brand, Mm. for me is just a no-brainer. Um, no, it, it might sound like a lot of money if you're just starting out, but really it's not much. It's, yeah, it's an insurance exactly. policy for you, really. Absolutely. It's really important. Um, so with patents and designs as well, you register them just like a trademark. And with those two pieces of IP, you need to do it before you tell the world about your patent. Mm, your yes, before you go to market or <laughs> yeah, you've because lost some, it. Yeah, the thing is like with those types of IP, you actually – if you've told, put it on social media or told people about it, you actually can't get the registration. Yeah. But trademarks yeah. is different. You can already, you can promote your yeah. brand and then like retrospectively apply. So that's yeah. good to know. Um, copyright material, yeah, as you've pointed out, you don't have to register copyright. So once you create it, it becomes yours. But, you know, you can do things like putting the copyright symbol and your name and the year that it was created on any reproductions of your copyright material putting things yeah. like terms and conditions on your website, having good client agreements to make sure everyone's clear that you own the copyright. Uh, yeah, um, I think if, if you open to any book or at the beginning of any movie, there's normally just that little paragraph saying these are the only conditions that can be 
yeah. reproduced or used exactly. under. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So co- copyright contracts become really important terms and conditions and all the types of contracts that you're working with in your business will usually have a, comp- a copyright section. So it's really important to work out who owns the copyright. Do you transfer it to your client? Do you, do you retain it? Um, and then trade secrets. The way to protect trade secrets is quite simple and quite cost effective. It's through an NDA or a confidentiality agreement. Mm, yeah. So, you know, I- anyone that you're working with, um, if you've got, you know, you're talking about your business, you should be, yeah, you should be getting them to sign an NDA first, you know, before you get in the room and like tell them everything that you know. Yeah. Like it's very, otherwise they really can just um, copy your idea because ideas aren't protected by IP, like a concept yeah. or an idea in, in and of itself is not protected by No, any. and it's often yeah. who's first to market. Exactly. Yeah. So you need to, but what you can do with the confidentiality agreement is mm. by contract law, they can mm. commit to not copying your idea. Yeah. So that becomes super powerful and super important. So, um, and yeah. I think also think broadly about who you get to sign those NDAs. Even as an accountant, I've been asked to sign them before just yeah. in case I inadvertently come across some of that information in the work that I'm doing naturally exactly. for them. Like, I mean, I have a general yeah. professional duty of confidentiality, but that exactly, contractual yeah. one just gives them more comfort that I'm definitely not going to expose anything. That, but see, um, you and I... I was going to say, Trude, like your professional confidentiality relates to their financial situation and no, things pertaining to, to privacy no, and stuff like everything that. Everything relates to everything. Yeah, it's like being lawyers. If we, you know, we, we would be in big trouble if we copied someone's mm. idea when they came to us. Um, but but, but me, how would they prove it? Me, it? Yeah, but for me it's a professional duty. <laughs> That's right. You sign an NDA. NDA becomes illegal. That's what I'm getting at though, right? It's a professional duty to confidentiality. Mm. It's not a requirement. So... Mm. Most people yeah, would yeah, think it's not a legal requirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I like really like clients that yeah that come to me and they ask me to sign an NDA. I'm like, oh, they're pretty organised and they really like care about their. <laughs> they're switched like, on and they're. Yeah, exactly I'm like, go right. you. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, what is the difference? I mean, this is the most probably common question: is do I lo- do I trademark my logo or do I trademark my brand name? Um, well, the, okay, so there's a few different answers, but I guess if you've only got funds to trademark one, um, you would protect your word mark and you protect it in capital letters and that mm. allows you to put it into a logo. It allows you to kind of use uppercase, lowercase font, different types of font. So, yeah, definitely your, um, your word mark in capital letters. And I, I haven't really touched on it in, as yet, but... There's 45 classes of goods and services. Yes, okay. So you have to nominate um, what your business does. And so, for example, class 25 covers clothing and headwear, headgear and footwear, Mm. and class 41 covers things like entertainment, events, educational services. You have to nominate your different classes and then, yeah, protect them in those. And you can just get like a broad trademark. Yeah. Does that mean someone could potentially use that same word, Mark, but in a different category? The classic one, like Dove Chocolate and Dove Shampoo, they both yeah, have true. trademarks, but they're completely different um, goods and services, different businesses, yeah. and that's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and one thing that's really important to do is, um, I mean, before you really start to use your name is to check whether anyone else has a registration. Mm. It's one thing to protect your own, but it's actually worse to go ahead, start a business under a name and find out later that someone has a trademark registration because then you're actually... Yep legally infringing their brand and up for damages and you have to change it's 
the worst everything. thing that can happen in the business. Everything. Change your name. Yeah. yeah. So when, when, I, when I set up new companies, there's actually a, a, an asterisk saying just because you register the company name as this, this doesn't mean someone else doesn't already have a trademark. So correct. you should and actually, actually also check that. That's probably like the biggest myth. Um, one of the biggest myths that I come across is that people think, oh, I've got a, a business name or a URL, so I own my brand. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, that's absolutely not correct. Mm, no, you no. don't own your brand unless you've got a trademark on it. Mm, so the reason that I asked you about the the word mark or the logo is because a lot of people get confused. But often, I mean, in both Trudy's case and in my case for SFA Loans, the word mark is in our logo. Yeah, so mm. the, if you've got a logo mark, so sometimes um, you can't necessarily get a trademark for the words, but you might yeah. be able to get a trademark if it's embedded in within the, like a graphical element because it makes yeah. it uh, more distinctive and correct. Sort of, and sometimes yeah. words and in and of themselves are too descriptive of what the goods and services they they are relate yeah. to. Yeah. So you have a, like a picture, and it kind of creates this more distinctive trademark, and that might be something a business can register. Mm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a logo mark will stop you, Correct. you stop other people from using the word. So there's it, a, there's a reason, Jen, that, that your episode is following up from our last marketing episode on, on <laughs> brand. Um, we oh. had Penguin Wolf in, which was amazing because it's people don't consider these things when they look at building their brands and oh, everything you're talking about right now is so relevant to you yeah. could go down the path and build a brand and then find out you're infringing on somebody else's <laughs> Exactly. So we work with a lot of marketing agencies actually who do branding work and we do brand checks before mm. the agency mm. settles on the name because yeah. honestly you can go and spend 40 grand on a brand refresh yeah. and then yeah. you actually can't use it it's yeah. disastrous yeah so we oh, sort of you know they'll give us a pick list of like five names and we'll do searches it's very technical to, some people do their own searches and they think oh it's fine it's clear i've done you know we can definitely use it and we're like uh, are you a specialist trademark lawyer because if you're not you probably want to mm. get someone who is to get um, yeah completely yeah. and that was actually one of my questions do you need a specialist ip lawyer I actually think you do. Like you can self-file trademarks, um, but, you know, you could get it right and that's great. But I think if you've got a name that's in a crowded sort of market, lots of similar names, you're doing very specialised services or providing specialised goods, um, you, you know, there's, you've got to file, for example, in the right user. Like you have to make sure you file in the, 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 under the name of the person that first used the trademark, not a company that was set up subsequently or it might be void. Like there's so much to it. So I just recommend, you know, two and a half yeah. years through a trademark lawyer. It's just a no-brainer. Yeah, I had issues with when I did SFA loans because I had originally owned it as a sole trader and had the business name and then had to demonstrate because I then put it into my company. And yeah. Trudy and I at the time talked about which asset to hold the trademark <laughs> in because it yeah, is an yeah. asset and we talk about yep. asset protection here. So, yep. um, But ultimately it was a difficult one just in terms of, how do we make sure that it's being trademarked correctly for its current use in the right classes? And we, maybe it's a great opportunity to talk about the different types of classes and stuff of trademarking because there were some where it was um, I couldn't, we had to, there was a trademark of a similar well, because mine has loans in it as well, um, we had to cross out some of the trademark yeah. classes, which by looking at it said the same thing like to me for what I yeah. do as a service they were practically identical classes but for example I couldn't give advice in 
Um, they wanted me to cross, the, the commissioner wanted me to cross out that I wasn't going to give financial advice. And I'm like, well, I don't have a license for financial advice, so it can't go into that category anyway, but it has to be included in lending advice because that's what I'm required by license to give. So yeah. it, like, like you're saying, like you can do it yourself, but for the technicality of ensuring that it's correct. Hmm. Um, mine was a little bit different because of the professional yeah. services component that went with it, but like yeah, it was and- just like so many different like, descriptions <laughs> I know, and I was and like, oh, my God. Yeah, you might get, you might sell far, which, you know, it can be done and then you'll get an objection and that's it also when you should come to a lawyer because there's so many different tactics you can, we yeah. can use to get around an objection or, mm. you know, we can delay uh, acceptance of the trademark and allow you to build up reputation, the brand, and then we can file evidence and we'll get around the objections. And there's so many yeah. different things you can do, or like you say, limit your specifications in a yeah. specific way. So yeah, it's um, I just I'm really passionate about businesses having registered <laughs> trademarks, and um, you know, I think it is something you do go to a professional for. Yeah, yeah. What's the right timing for protecting? your IP and going for a trademark and does it differ if you've got a product versus a services type business? Um, like, yeah, I think you'll know the answer to this um, from our chat already, but I think, you know, from day one, you should mm-hmm. be, before you go to market, I mean, you really need to be checking whether or not anyone's got a registration first. Mm. So you need to be doing that due diligence. Um, and then I would be applying for the trademark because the trademark takes about nine months to 12 months to actually be registered. Wow. So from mm. the date you file it, and it does go through an opposition phase as well. So mm-hmm. members of the public for two months can oppose registration of the trademark. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I think, you know, get a lawyer to do a brand check, make sure you're comfortable with the availability of the brand, then apply for it, then it will go through opposition about six months later and then like nine to 12 months later it will be registered. Um, but, hey, if you haven't already, if you're running an existing business and you haven't thought about trademark protection, it's never too late. Um, you just, yeah, would just. So today. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> listening. Yesterday. Today. Yeah. Yesterday even if you can. Is this, yeah. where I, is this where I put up my hand and say I don't have any trademark? Yes, Trudy. Yes. This is exactly where you put it's up your hand. I do pod, like, interviews with people and, like, and the next day I get a call from the presenter. Um, that, um, IP protection. Yeah. <laughs> talk about yesterday. <laughs> like, of course. Come on. What do you, what do you need? Yeah. Time just gets started. Mm. I think we practice <laughs> yeah. what we preach here Trudy so <laughs> so exactly you mentioned that, earlier yeah. sorry you mentioned earlier that trademarks um you would normally apply for about 10 years what happens once the 10 years yeah, you just is it just them. a rollover and a, yeah, a rollover continuous rollover so patents and designs have a shelf lives but a trademark can just be registered a re- sorry renewed every 10 years for a very low fee like I think it's $400 per class per okay. 10 so it's just years. a case of paying your money and you're good yeah. to go yeah so it's sort of yeah, yeah easy um, and in terms of like when, you know, businesses should invest in protecting other types of IP. So, I mean, yeah, like as I said, having a confidentiality agreement on file from day one, really important. Also, um, I think it's really important to know uh, a couple of things about copyright. Um, generally, if you have employees working for you, your business will own the copyrights they create. But if you're working with freelancers and contractors at law, they actually if you commission someone to create some copyright material, the contractor will retain ownership of that unless they agree in writing to transfer it to your business. So I really strongly advise that client, uh, businesses have a template copyright assignment contract on file as well. Yeah, so and this is yeah. really common, like especially if you're working with like graphic designers and brand yeah. strategists because you might get them design um, 
a logo or a flyer or a brochure um, and they retain the rights to the original artwork unless you've agreed to up front that you own the rights to that. Same for a web design. Technically, you've paid for this website. You don't own the copyright or the IP to that website. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. Exactly, yeah. And then, like, you know, if you ever want to bring an investor in or um, mm-hmm. want to sell your business, the first thing yes. you can do is do an audit of, well, not the first thing. One of the things I'll do is an audit of the IP assets and who, a chain of title. Yeah, and, who it. It. <laughs> and then, like, I've seen disaster disaster stories like someone goes to sell their business and the, the packaging design and never actually assign the copyright and the designs for the packaging and they, like, hold them ransom and they get paid yep. out massive amount just so they can sell their business and yes and this is another reason why you should have quality employment contracts and like subcontract or freelance agreements 100 percent harp on about this all the time with my clients because (laughs) these exact reasons really important yeah yeah Yeah. 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 and your your firm can assist with all of this though can't it as well absolutely yeah we do lots of yeah i mean like from both sides so if you're a business hiring a contractor we would Mm -hmm. create a contractor agreement whereby the contractor transfers ip to the business but we also represent like the agencies so when they've got their customers, we would be trying to retain as much of the copyright and IP as possible mm-hmm. and just yeah. give them little bits of it for certain purposes. So then we can keep yeah. commercialising those yeah. copyright yeah. materials. Yeah. 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 So do you, I guess, for existing businesses, sit down with a business and literally go through every product and item that they've got that potentially they should be yeah, considering we'll who actually make- owns a bit of an audit, I guess, of yeah, where their IP currently sits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. we do IP health checks and then we create a strategy to um, protect all their IP and, like, sometimes they stagger the processes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's just putting it all on their radar. I feel like people get really empowered and, like, oh, thank God you told me, like, now I'm going to, like, make steps and sometimes they do it all at once and sometimes they stagger don't, it. Don't do it at all because they just don't get around to it and then they get a <laughs> cease and desist notice. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so do it is what we're getting at. Um, Yes. This is a little bit off topic, but I have seen recently where in the creative space more than others, like to apply for a job, they've been asked to complete a portfolio of work and provide that work to the employer and then hmm, don't get the job. They spend hours building their portfolios to showcase their their skills and their talents and then – they don't win the job and then they see their designs appearing. Oh, that's just awful, yeah. That yeah. would be very awful. Very well, especially because, yeah. I mean, people, as always, we've talked about this, underestimate the value of time that goes into produced work. I mean, mm. it's the same for Trudy and I just in what we do, so it's only going to be more pronounced in, in the creative space. Yeah. So, I mean, not only is that unethical, like just legally, you know, aside, it's unethical. Um, But, you know, there would be some rights there. For example, you know, I mean, you can't, as I said, you can't, you can copy someone's idea, but I guess if they'd sort of bought in like reproduced artworks or designs or straight off their design, that would be copyright infringement straight away. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, things to do for the employee going into that sort of pitch situation is to, put this, you know, very clear copyright disclaimer on their mm. materials to say, okay. you know, 2022, yep. Jennifer Tuddy, you know, yep. this material cannot be reproduced, blah, 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 blah. You cannot concepts, mm. ideas, you know, by receiving this document, you agree to not copy any of the concepts, ideas, use them in your business, Yeah, so, you know, and also put it commercial and confidence so it becomes a confidential document. 
Um, yeah, just a few, few little tips right there and then. Which and even just say to them, hey, I'm happy to come and do this interview and give you this portfolio, yeah. but I just want to make it clear that you don't own any rights in this. And if you don't mm. hire me, you can't use any of the concepts or design ideas or anything. And, mm. you know, are you cool? Yeah, you're going to meet with me on that basis? Great. Yeah. And that would be yeah. actually a contract that you've created by email it or something. would probably also help you weed out a, who is genuinely looking for employees it's, because if exactly. someone genuinely wanted to interview you, they would not be concerned about not being able to retain that. Exactly. Yeah, totally. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah now, absolutely. Now, one thing we haven't touched on is what happens if you do find someone has copied your brand or your copyright or your ideas or you find a duplication of your website, what what's what do you do first? Yeah. So I guess um, with uh, trademark, if you've got a trademark registration, this is why registrations are so great. You can really just send them a letter and send them a copy of your registration and say, cease and desist from, you know, copying my brand, I've got a registration. And generally they're like, um, generally they're like, oh, dear, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, you know, not not do, yeah, not really going to fight that. Um, yep. I guess copyright infringement is quite subjective. If you just copy a little part of it, like it can be more confusing. So um, I guess, you know, go and see a lawyer if it's something of real importance to you um, or just write to them and just say, look, I think you're infringing the copyright and you should stop. Um, I reserve my rights if you don't, you know, to see a lawyer or, you know, take your yeah. action. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of people when they know they're doing the wrong thing, probably a letter is enough. Yeah, yeah. The, that, that little bit of a threat of uh, having a lawyer come after them um, is often enough. I suppose true. it depends how much they've invested into that brand, though, without yeah, realising. Well, well, that's so, true, too. Yeah. Yeah, you can have big battles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you can. It's fun for me. I, I suppose <laughs> on a slightly different topic but really important for employers, um, I mean, a lot of our client base are self-employed, but um, it is something that I have been seeing of late in contracts and I changed the contract in our for my employee so that this didn't impact them in the future but where they end up signing away their ip rights for um not just work that they do or in um thoughts and inventions they create whilst they're in the job but previous i've seen the last one i saw was previous ip that was yeah vested to the company um and it's still it was in place after they resigned. So <gasps> if in 20 years' time a thought they had in 2005 finally became a product or a viable service offering, the rights to the IP of it vested to the employer based on this contract. So well, I guess it shows why it's so important to make sure you read anything before you sign it. <laughs> yes. Totally. I know, especially if you've got your own business. So if you've got a freelance business or a side business, and you're going yeah. into employment, I think yeah. that's when you really should get an IP lawyer mm. to have yeah. a look at just even like the two or three clauses that relate to IP and restrain mm-hmm. a trade as well to see what you yes. can and can't do yeah. Out, yeah. out of the workplace. And yeah. also, you know, I've seen, I have seen, you know, awful clauses where they, yeah, they own more than just what's been made in the job. So you just mm. need to be very careful, as you say, that the clauses, you know, are just IP created for that business during mm. the course of employment and yes. excludes everything else. And also I just get like, I put it, you know, for the avoidance of doubt, you will not own anything I do outside of the workplace, yeah. including in relation to my side business. And mm. that is all retained by me. You just black and white, yeah. highlight yeah. it in like full light. Yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not. Yeah. And, and, and was, don't be afraid to go back to your employer if there's a clause that you don't like. Well, so this was the issue. It was a friend of mine. It was actually a friend of mine and he asked me to look at his contract and I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, scrub, 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 scrub. I don't mind them protecting the 
IP for as the employer protecting yeah. the IP that you create whilst they're paying you to do your job between the hours that you're at work. But if you and I sit down over beers and have a great conversation and just work out this amazing product, they're going to own that IP as well, plus anything you've ever created in the past. Mm, which is and he was like, right. yeah. <laughs> that's I don't see that very often, the past thing. Yeah. I see like, you know, during the term of the employment. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's just really dodgy. Yeah, mm. completely, completely. Most people wouldn't get that checked. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly right. That's exactly mm. right. Once again, really important to read everything that you're signing, yeah. regardless of whether it's work, but personally as well. So we're almost out of time, though, Jen. So any top tips? I mean, we've covered off a lot already today, mm. but yeah. um, quick wins or top tips I, that you yeah, can suggest. I guess one last parting um, tip would be, you know, I know that protecting IP can be, well, it can feel expensive, especially if you're more of a startup business or a small business. But, you know, everyone's building a business to make sure it becomes really successful and maybe sell it one day. So when you have registered and protected IP, the goodwill and the value of your business Mm. is significantly increased and you're both like financial people, Um, you know, and it will be worth more in the long run. Like an investor will pay less for your business if the IP is in the mess and it's not protected. And if you've got a really good trademark that's registered, uh, you will get a lot more money for your business. So, um, you know, it's, you need to think, it's future-proofing basically your business. Um, Yeah. Is, is what it's about. Yeah. Yes. We were only discussing business valuations yesterday. We were. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. It has been so lovely been having you on having board. It's been You're great so knowledgeable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If Guys, if you've got any questions on IP, please feel free to reach out to Jen. We'll drop her website links into the podcast Amazing. episode. Glad to hear from you. <laughs> connect, connect her on her website if you're looking for her. Um Thank you so much. It's been amazing having you on. Thanks, ladies. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a good day. Cheers, Jen. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Financial Fofu. We really appreciate you tuning in and hope that you have subscribed to our channel. I just wanted to let you all know that the information and material in our podcast and any supplementary and associated information available is for general purposes only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from us, the podcast owners and our special guests. And we recommend that you seek independent, suitable advice that is specific for your unique circumstances. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Please, please, please send us, um, use our link and send us any requests or any feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Cheers.